Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next Customer Success Conversations podcast. As always, I'm Adam Joseph, your host and founder of CSM Insight. Well, on today's pod, I am delighted to welcome Laura Conradi, who is the manager of customer success at Box. Laura, a very good morning to you. Welcome, Adam. Um, it's a really pleasure to, to, to join you this morning. And before the podcast, Laura was actually coaching me on the correct pronunciation of her surname, but it sounded so much better in French. I think you, you, <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah, I, I just want to hear it one more time. Laura Conrardi. Ah, well, it's, it's so much better than the way I did it, but I wouldn't even try and insult you by trying to pronounce it the French way. But it, it, it's great to have you on, Laura. Thank you for sharing some time with us. No problem. Like, it's definitely my pleasure and, and definitely exciting to what's lie ahead. <laughs> so um, tell us a little bit about Box, first of all. I, I, I know um, I've been to your offices many times and met so many great people there, but I'm sure there, there are some people who, who don't know of Box. Well, can you give us a, a quick intro into the company? Yeah, sure. So Box was actually founded in 2005, so I wouldn't consider Box to be a completely brand new company, but not as well very old. And uh, Box is uh, basically a cloud content management platform so helps a variety of customers that range from the top Fortune 500, so we have 69% of them, to a company that just have three users and help them manage their content, creating that kind of layer um, mm -hmm. to, to ensure that that content is accessible anywhere that they can work in uh, whatever environment, whatever job. So it's actually a very... Let's say it's not a niche product. Uh, it's, it's delivering a lot of different value for different customers. And that makes actually the customer journey, customer success job very interesting. Mm. And I, I know that the customer success team has, has uh, flourished within Box, which, which I guess says a lot about the business that it is. Can you tell us a little bit about the customer success organization and your role within it? Yes, for sure. So the customer success organization as Box actually has been growing since pretty much the beginning of when Box was actually created. So a couple of years after Box was created, the CS organization was pretty much already there. It's been part of the foundation of a, of a company. And it started with just uh, a couple of handful of people based in the US uh, hiring the first CSMs. But as the company has grown and uh, kind of the customer base has well grown globally, uh, the EMEA team got launched uh, about six years ago. Uh, and this is where I joined about yeah, four and a half years ago, mm -hmm. where the, uh, the CSM team was growing. We pretty much were, it was about five to 10 people. And then obviously different role got, got involved. So customer success manager, consulting, user services. So that splits between roles and responsibility where at the beginning the CSM would basically catch all. And from my experience, I was actually a, a senior CSM. So dealing with just the key strategic customer in Europe, and then moving on as the company, the team continued to grow to a team lead role in that segment. And finally, last year, moving on to the scale team, which we consider or kind of medium touch and low touch, uh, low touch customer, um, because there's actually a lot of work to do and a lot of challenges, I guess, uh, to ensure that we continue to deliver an amazing experience, even if the customer is smaller and might not be as valuable for kind of a company. Well, I think that beautifully leads on to the main thrust of today's topic, which is around those what you call low touch uh, customers, because I think there's a lot both spoken about uh, and also many blogs and, and many other podcasts, mine including, that have focused in very much on that high touch and, and 
very much for that tech touch, so largely autonomous approach. But of course, there's a, a large sway of customers who sit in that, that middle section, which I know more generally, it's that middle part of the triangle where you take some aspects of human touch, you take some aspects of, of technology and merge them together. But there's not been a, a huge spoken about this, this segment. So I'm, I'm really keen to understand your and Box's approach to how you serve this, this kind of challenging middle set of customers. So how, what has been the kind of thought behind it from a Box perspective and, and how are you serving some of these customers? Yeah, and I, and I think that's obviously a great question. And I definitely come here with ideas and definitely not just recommendation as each, each organization will be in a different part of their journey and their maturity. And I think customer success as a discipline, as we know today, especially in the SaaS, SaaS world, is still evolving greatly. And I think um, for, from the box, uh, box instance, in terms of where we came to have kind of that middle scale section, came from at some point reaching, reaching that point that we were continuing to hire CSM uh, and the population that CSM would have to have in terms of ratio number of account mm -hmm. continue to grow and grow and grow. And it's at some point really understanding what the customer really needs uh, and, and ensuring that you can actually deliver that experience. And at some point for the business, it's not, it's not really valuable to keep hiring more more people and mm. we definitely saw that the variety of a customer that we had just doing a, a, a basic split, split of let's say a customer spend x amount or a customer just buy x amount of seats they qualify for a csm you can't really treat a customer that spends several millions with you versus someone that just started a small pilot so i think this is where the, the thinking came to say well we need to kind of be smart and think of is there some processes is there some key touch points in the customer life cycle that actually we repeat and that the CSMs is delivering incredible value, can we actually uh, look into making those process available to all in a more kind of, let's say, automated way. So where the segmentation happened for, for Box, it started with splitting about six years ago, splitting the population in two, and it was purely based on the number of seats that they purchase. They would either qualify for a CSM or they would actually go to what we call the customer advisory team, which is a pooled model. And that team is still is still uh, ongoing today. Uh, mm -hmm. We've obviously reiterated our, our segmentation to even continue to kind of make, make it more relevant to the different audience. But I guess our segmentation has been mainly around the, the total value that a customer is spending um, and also the aligned to the sales segmentation. So uh, looking if a customer is a strategic customer or more a corporate customer, so depending on the, the, uh, the size of a company. And I think the, the, the key thing in that segment, which is always hard, as you mentioned, to know how can you continue to provide a, a great experience if you have a higher ratio. So the, the CSMs in the scale team potentially have to manage uh, about 150 accounts to up to 800 accounts. So wow. it will definitely be like a pool. It's a very small pool, but they might be in that middle pool segment, there might be about 9,000 customers, and there's only 12 people that manage the entire pool. So you definitely have to be very prescriptive <laughs> of where people spend their time, tracking how uh, how each interaction, what impact does it have, and really be aligned with the other team as well. So it's not just about CS, it's about products, about marketing, it's about sales. So this segment, I guess, is, uh, is definitely a, a good challenge to see whether you have really strong 
strong processes uh, in place because if you don't have them, you probably won't go really far because you have uh, you don't have enough people to to interact and and you know um, engage with customer as you do with your high touch one. Wow, I mean, I mean, it's a thank you. That's a, that's a great introduction, and and some of the challenges there you you can imagine. I mean, you mentioned roughly about nine thousand customers. Yep. You've got twelve CSMs. <laughs> my, my quick maths would indicate that's an average about seven hundred and fifty each. So that, that that's that's a big number. I mean, how have you managed the process? So clearly, on paper, it's it's easy to kind of map out some processes, and then when you apply them in in the real world, you'll you'll quickly know whether things are working or or your CSMs are getting mm-hmm. steam coming out of their ears because they're just so overloaded how, how have you stress tested some of these processes and, and how have they evolved over time once they've actually been out there and, and applied them into customers has, has that changed at all over the over those years or, or, or has the model stayed pretty solid from the original one so it's actually a mix of both um, I, as our population and customer is uh, like our customer population is, is content constantly changing. We also need to adapt our processes, but that obviously doesn't make the job any easier. And again, that's why this, this kind of gray zones, middle touch uh, it is, is so challenging, but as, as the same time, so exciting. So I think the where, how we actually look at the processes, it started first with the existing CSMs, the, even the high touch one, which actually identified and refined how to be able to provide values to their customers. So like example would be to deliver really good uh, quarterly business reviews, QBRs, and looking at the type of content, type of data, anything that the, 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 the formats, um, and, um, and seeing how potentially, if we keep delivering that, how can we potentially automate uh, this process? Mm. So this is, this is definitely an area that, as CSMs refine and give us the feedback of this is working with customer for this particular segment, can we actually automate the creation of a deck? Can we automate? Can we make that easier? Can we look at uh, documenting all in one place every single point of interaction? And I do believe at the end it comes back to when you look at segmenting and dealing with that kind of middle touch, you have to really think of your entire customer journey and the different touch points that you have. And whether you start with you know, the high touch model with CSMs and then looking, this is the, all the touch points we ideally want. And then it's looking to go down and say, which are the critical touch points that we cannot miss. And I think that has been the approach to say, well, we know this touch point works, we know they're critical and we need to have a kind of human interaction in order to get the customer to understand how they can get value and continuing to get them to expand their kind of use cases or usage of a tool. So, so I think from uh, the, the summary yeah, that we looked in terms of uh, processes uh, have been yeah, the automation of some of the regular touch points in the customer life cycle. So for example, the onboarding was an area that just became really clear that there was a lot of repeatable steps uh, in that process. And actually, whether we looked at you know, emails being sent out uh, or even just touch points if a customer was not deployed after a certain point to ensure there's a program starting called failure to launch, which will have, again, some kind of drip email and calls or you know, offering a particular review. So, so I think it's just being smart on where, where you interact. So the, the philosophy of just-in-time interaction rather than being kind of compl- all the time proactive. So it's a mix of using the reactive, leveraging whatever trigger you might have from data and technology, but also uh, kind of proactive and just kind of ongoing. 
Um, so I hope that helps. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it really does. And with, with such a, a large customer number in, in this space, what kind of metrics or, or what do you have set up on your dashboard to try and work out which customers are thriving versus those that maybe need more, more specialized help? Obviously, churn is a lagging indicator, by which time it's clearly too late. What, what, what things are you looking at to be predictive to try and work out whether the strategy is working? What, what kind of behaviors are you looking for your, your customers to show to, to see that they're thriving? Yeah, and I think that's a great question. And I would actually start on a high level that um, if you, sometimes we tend, especially when we think of uh, the kind of low scale tier, to think that this population is completely different to our high touch model and we need to potentially reinvent the world and set specific goals and metrics. We might for, in terms of the processes and technology that we use and the touch points, but actually the main important thing is ensuring that the, there is an, act, an, an actual alignment with company goals. Uh, and actually track those goals. So if if you start to set goals, but they're not aligned to your organization goals and where they go, um, this is going to potentially create some some issue in terms of how to run the program and how to see it, its effectiveness. So I think I wanted to reiterate that, that the importance of aligning to those goals is key. But mm. I think otherwise it's as this program is usually a bit more kind of innovative and creative, we see a lot of innovation as we have a wider population and different kind of ad hoc random uh, random integration, the kind of mentality of don't set it and forget it. So if we actually launch any type of touch points, it needs to be measurable, it needs to be repeatable, and not being afraid to at some point, if we don't see the effectiveness that the intention why we did it, we need to ensure that it's either being updated or being removed. So mm -hmm. what we have set up in place, we've put in place uh, a regular ops review. So we actually look at each touch points, each uh, kind of tools and processes that we have in place. And that was actually an interesting process to do is looking at all the processes we have in place that are part of our customer life cycle in that segment uh, and, and looking at how do we measure each of them. And if we can't measure them, then we should question why are we doing it. Mm. Um, and those ops review were not only attended just by kind of the manager uh, of CS, but also looking at the ops team and potentially some stakeholder in products or kind of more execs level to give visibility of this is, this is the type of insights that we see, this is the measurement that we are. Uh, and ensuring that we stay on point, aligned to those kind of common goals. So a, a way that we've, um, we've tried to, if we have a new touch points or a new potential email drip that we want to test, we are leveraging the process of A, a to B testing, mm -hmm. uh, which will basically use uh, a, a pilot group uh, which will receive a certain a certain experience and another and the rest will not and we basically look whether this new experience or new touch points delivers the actual extra value that we expect if we see it positive then those that a, a to b test is being rolled out to the entire population and what we found is this model has been used is being used by products so we also aligned with how products look into it but it actually works and help us ensuring that whatever we add, it's not about like, yeah, less is more. So we want to be very mindful of not just adding touch points for the sake of adding. And I think that was a big learning at the beginning. We started to just add a lot of extra touch points as the team would give feedback, but we realized that we need to have that kind of processed approach to ensure that it fits within the, the different touch points, the different metrics we're trying to achieve and fits under, under that. 
Mm. And given that, you know, customer success 2.0 is, is a lot about growth rather than just churn mitigation. Yes. In, in such a large customer pool, how, how successful have you been about identifying customers who sit in that low touch model who potentially mm. don't have the, the, the total value that might indicate that they'd be in a higher touch or they don't have the number of seats that, that would validate that. But clearly there are going to be some huge growth potential customers mm. within that pool that if, that if identified could, and would be a massive win-win you know they get more value out of using box and clearly the, the 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 amount of money that they're spending in a number of seats would it would increase accordingly so how, how much success have you had about identifying those customers who could potentially be served better by having additional services from box but are currently sitting in that low touch area yeah, that's that's a great question. And this is definitely something when I took on the role to manage this kind of scale program and team, that's one of the areas that excited me the most uh, because I see it as a so much opportunity available, but it's about how how to identify how to identify them and having the right program. So I think this is where the technology part becomes really key because this so far you will be able to go having the right team in place, the right processes, that's already a great start. But your processes, if at some point, let's say you, you manage everything just in Excel, you will at some point arrive to a point that you won't be able to, like you will spend so much time in the analysis and, mm. and looking at Digging where to go that it will basically be, become a hinder to mm. growth. So I think this is where the jump, a lot of people are sometimes looking at technology to say, yeah, you, I have to be mature enough to leverage technology, but it's getting that balance right of looking at where collecting that data and those insights to drive a particular behavior or to identify those customers is worth, it is worth investing in getting that data. So for example, we see organization or we invested in a CX ops team. So we do have a team that does business analytics and thanks to them and leveraging tools like um, Tableau for data analytics or Gensights for kind of CS management, uh, CS management activities. Uh, we've been able to creating a kind of algorithm and a formula to identify certain criteria that we believe if that customer fits those criteria, whether like the, from, from their usage, their deployment, mm -hmm. The, the size of a company, it basically creates a trigger and a playbook inside of the cockpit of Gensites, which will give a call to action to someone in the team to reach out and validate that there's actually an opportunity. So before this used to be a manual process, so again, it starts with a process identified, like those things are validated by the team, then the process is put in place. And once that process has been kind of proven positive and automated. And like now we have an automated process that basically highlights customer up for expansion once they reach certain criteria. And it's, it's really, we can then easily track whether this is actually working, not working and reiterate that process. And the sales team is obviously, the, the business is very happy because it's, it simplifies and it helps. It gets, it's, it's ensuring that CS is not just contributing as a post sales or support or, Yes, acting as a kind of that voice of customer, but also ensuring that we, we can identify those customers that, yes, absolutely can, can expand and grow if they are contacted at the right time.
Yeah, and as you say, I mean, the power of analytics is huge in, yes. in order with a, a customer pool of this size to be able to identify that, those individual characteristics. But I guess there's still hopefully a place for old-fashioned CSM gut feel as well when they're working with an account, even 100%. necessarily sometimes if they, even if the analytics aren't perfect, but they, they just know from the reaction of the customer, the potential, hopefully there's, there's, there's still room for gut feel even in today's world of analytics as well. Completely agree. And I think the, this is where the people that you have in that team that, that touch, that do the kind of low touch, medium touch scale, they might have some different type of um, skills as well that the normal high touch CSM. And that's also make from a, like, I like this side that the fact that we, we the CS space in terms of kind of recruiting and finding the right profile, the actual scale tier can open up a, a more diverse uh, population because you might have people that are a bit more data driven, but still very good at having very impactful, valuable and personal interaction with customer. Um, yeah. So I do think this this is a great path then for people that might want to do high touch or people that are more interested in terms of data analytics or operation side of a business. So again, it just proves that the kind of the scale tier is, is really that, that great showcase of what CS can do and how, like, because everything needs to be measured and prescriptive, uh, it, it really helps kind of justify the case for investment. It makes it kind of easier. Uh, Absolutely. Laura, thank you so much. It's been a fascinating insight to not only Box as a business, but the evolving world of customer success within it. It's uh, been super valuable to hear about some of the, the processes and strategy that you're taking to this, this low-touch customer base and the huge potential of, uh, there if, if just applied the right way. And uh, I think that analytics point is, is a great one as well. And I, I also wanted to mention that many people, especially in the, in the UK, might have seen yourself or or uh, other people from Box at various customer success events. And I know um, you've, you've been to many of them, right? So um, you're, you're a, a big part of the customer success network here in the UK as well. Yes, yeah, so I'll definitely try to be as active in the community as I can be. And uh, there's definitely something in my 2019 plan to uh, ensure that I can continue, continue to contribute even more. Uh, and yeah, for example, the uh, Gensight Pulse Conference have been running for quite a few years and I believe I only missed one of them <laughs> in, in London. So when the event was only 300, 400 people, I was in there and it's been great to see, to see the community grow. And I think this is where the middle touch scale segment becomes also of interest as more companies mature their CS strategy and CS organization. So I would definitely be more than happy if uh, people are, are thinking or are at that stage or arriving to that. If they wanted to chat more about that, that experience uh, and discuss, I'm always looking. It's always um, being kind of reiterated. It's ongoing. It never stops. So no, exactly. I'm, I'm very happy to, to discuss more for sure. Brilliant. Laura, thank you again for your time. It's been a, it's been a great conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Adam. My pleasure. And uh, yes, we look forward to any future discussion.